Hello and welcome everyone to episode 11 of Inside Jason's Mind. For this particular episode, I'm going to do a little bit of housekeeping on some personal matters, and then we're going to jump into the main subject, which is how to conduct proper, verified research. Something that eludes a lot of people these days. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy as we dive deep inside Jason's Mind. Well, all right, we're going to go ahead and get started now. First things first, I want to get to some of the life updates. There's a lot of things that have happened in my life since the last time I spoke to you all. Uh, First things first, I'm not doing gunsmithing anymore. Okay, that was something I was really into. I got into SDI. I finished my first semester of the school. And my wife, at 31 years old, decides, hey, I'm going to join the Army. (laughs) So I have only a certain amount of time to kind of get our house ready to rent out while she's in training. So I've kind of put that on the back burner for now. Uh, She's in training, and uh, when she finishes her contract, or maybe when we get to our duty station, I'll pick back up SDI and finish it. I still want gunsmithing to be a fun hobby for me, something to do on the side. In the future, just right now, it's not a priority. So I kind of put that on the back burner from now. As far as that's concerned, also, big reason I haven't made this episode until now, I planned on doing this months ago, is I had to fight Anchor, actually, on the last episode I did on cloth masks. So somebody reported it. And originally it was taken down, which you couldn't find the podcast for a couple days. It got turned back up and and I did cite some sources for them. And the fact that I worded it the way I did, um, they eventually let me have it back. But they also, (laughs) they, but they removed my sponsor from Anchor. So now I don't know if that's supposed to hurt me, the whole $9 I've earned uh, advertising for Anchor, but you're not going to get that annoying sponsor read this time and going forward, so that's something to look forward to. Uh, a couple quick housekeeping things about the podcast in and of itself. Um, I did, you may notice, remove the first season. So the first season of this podcast was kind of all about the NFL and football. I'm not really into it anymore. I, I took last season off because of the BLM stuff going on, and Football was my life for the, for the longest time, and, and to be honest with you, it was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be to just not watch. I didn't watch the Super Bowl. I didn't watch a single game throughout the season, and to be honest with you, I really just don't have any intention on, on watching it again. Maybe if they settle down on the political stuff uh, going forward, I'll tune in uh, passively, but I don't know if I'll ever be into it the way I was in the past, unfortunately. I mean, it was kind of my life there for a little bit. So going forward, uh, it's going to be mostly my gripes, my personal stuff, political discourse, and um, there's not going to be seasons anymore. So there's not going to be first season, second season. I I went back and changed the episode names. Uh, This is going to be technically the 11th episode going forward, and I'm just going to release a new episode every Monday going forward. So with that being said, there are some non-football topics that were touched on in the first season, a couple of those being feminism, the importance of networking, what I believe the new legal age should be, uh, my personal reform to the education system, my thoughts on forced public service, and racism within America. So those topics I'm going to go ahead and recycle, and I'm going to make new episodes for those going forward, okay? Also, another thing you may have noticed already, however, I listened back to the first two seasons, and the first season, while the content wasn't quite as good because I was new to this, 
the conversation seemed to flow out of me a lot better. I seemed a lot more personable. The second season, I, I seemed more like a robot. And I think a big reason of that is the second season, I started scripting the episodes. And I don't know if that's a good idea. So going forward, I'm not going to be scripting it. I'm still going to do an outline so I kind of have an idea of where I'm going. I'm not so scattershot. But I'm not going to be scripting the episodes anymore. Okay? So with all that being said and out of the way, now that I just wasted a couple minutes of your life about a subject that has nothing to do with the subject of the podcast, we're going to go ahead and get into the meat of it. The purpose of this pod, this segment, this episode, is to try to explain to people how to properly do research. Now that doesn't seem too hard. A lot of people have been doing it in school, doing it in college, whatever, but it seems the more I talk to people, the more I realize A, they just weren't paying attention or B, they don't care. Either way, a lot of people don't do actual research. So there's a couple different things that, that we run into and a couple different things we're going to discuss on this uh, subject. One of them being uh, understanding biases. Okay, everybody has a bias, regardless. There's nobody out there who's completely objective. It's just not, it's just not true. Okay, if anyone tries to tell you that, they're lying to you. Okay, perspective. Okay, my perspective is going to be a totally different perspective than someone else who grew up under different circumstances as me. That has to be taken into consideration when you're researching. The fact that common sense isn't that common. Okay, there's confirmation bias when it comes to research. Citing sources without context is also an issue. Testing your ideas, casting doubt upon your own ideas, and then re researching possible alternatives yourself as opposed to just assuming. Researching all sides of every equation. These are little tiny things that don't seem that important, but they are very, very important. Okay, let's go ahead and get into biases first. Everybody has a perspective on certain situations. Even if you know nothing about a subject, you will have an opinion about that subject. It could be a good one, it could be an informed one, an uninformed one. But you're going to use your life experience and your perspective, that's the next thing we're going to get to, to judge the morality, the logical fallacies, and overall just ideas of anything that's said to you. Okay, It's going to be seen through a prism of you as opposed to a prism of the whole. Everything when it comes to bias, it's all micro-related. It's not macro-related. So I use this example all the time. Let's say your name is Billy Bob, and you grew up in the rural part of Alabama. And you were taught from the moment you were born that the color blue is actually orange. You see it as blue, right? You see the color, it looks the same as it looks to me, but you were told that that color is orange. So to you, you're going to call it orange, even though you see it exactly the same way I do. That's based on perspective. That's based on the whole nature versus nurture argument, okay? It's, it's what you were taught. It's your perspective based on how you grew up, okay? Now, that is a very crude example, but it's an example that illustrates the point very clearly, I think. In essence, your perception is your reality, and no one can change that for you besides yourself. It doesn't matter what people say to you, unless you are willing to listen, unless you are willing to open up your, your own personal Pandora's box, as it were, you're never going to change that perspective, okay? You have to be open to new ideas. You have to be open to being wrong when you're researching things. While this is very true for you, it's also very true for the author of the article you're citing. So you need to take into consideration the biases and perspective of the person who's writing the article that you're sourcing. 
which leads me to confirmation bias, okay? Now, confirmation bias, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the term, I know you've heard it a lot, is basically, let's say, I wanted to prove something. I would look up online until I found research that proved the thing that I said. I'm not looking for an objective truth, I'm looking for something that confirms what I've already said. And I'm gonna use that as my proof. I'm gonna use that as my research. Okay, there's a whole list of problems with only using one source, okay? That's definitely one of them. And to be honest with you, I kind of blame our education system for this because we're all taught how to do sources. We're taught the difference between scholarly sources and unscholarly sources and what sources you can get from verified sources, which ones are just opinion-based, perspective-based, stuff like that. I'm sure everybody listening to this would agree they've ran into that at some point in time in their education. However, everybody can also confirm at some point in your education you were rushing through a paper and all you did was try to find something that agreed with what you said so you can have an extra source for your cited bibliography. Not reading the whole article, not taking it into, not taking the context into analysis, not rebutting that perspective with a different research set you just take the first one you can get that you can get a quote from so you can cite it and then you can move on. And most professors accept this. They don't actually look into it. Which inadvertently is why scholarly sources don't really mean much of anything these days. Let me explain. Scholarly sources, aka uh, peer-reviewed research, for the most part is found on college databases. College databases take an aggregate research papers submitted by students using the same uncontextualized sources for the papers that they use to just finish the assignment as opposed to actually getting to the bottom of the subject. The quote-unquote peer review for a lot of these is the teacher who then uploads it to the system and then the same crap is used later on for like-minded people to further confirmation bias as well. And that leads me to the next issue is cited sources don't mean anything unless you can verify the contextual analysis of the source material. So you can take something that Hitler said, right, and take it out of context and use that as a pro-Jewish sentiment and cite it just because you're only citing a certain section of it. Most people only see that it's cited. They don't actually go to where it is sourced from and read the whole article. They just assume that it's being used as it's intended. Now, most would think this is pretty common sense, but something I've realized is common sense is a really bad name for what we're talking about when it comes to this. Because common sense kind of involves an innate reasoning ability, an innate ability to use deductive reasoning along with logic in order to come to a conclusion that is most likely. Okay? Now... Most people don't even know what deductive reasoning is or have the ability to do it. Most people don't quite understand what may be common sense to some people is rocket science to another. Okay, so I don't really like the term common sense. And to be honest with you, the way we use it in our culture doesn't make any sense to call it common sense because it's mostly deductive reasoning and logic-based problem solving, which is not very common. In fact, I would say probably less than 20% of the population has the ability to do this at an even moderate level. And again, I pulled that percentage out of my ass, people. That's something that I, I'm trying to get away from from last season. 
Uh, I want to stick to my roots here. I'm not going to go out and find you guys specific one-on-one 47.8% uh, of the blah, 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 blah. Because like I said, all that shit is going to be just confirmation bias that I'm going to find of mine. Numbers lie all the time, okay? I'm, this is j inside Jason's mind. This is what I'm thinking. This is how I look at life, okay? If, if I'm wrong and you want to fact check me, send me an email. I don't care. Okay, so where are we so far? All right, we, we, we understand that there's a bias with the research. So we, we understand we have to cite more than one source, right? Because we can't just take into consideration that single source is bias. We understand perspective. So we have to look at the author of that particular source and understand that author's perspective in order to understand their end goals, right? We understand that we can't just use excerpts out of context because that's misleading, okay? We want to avoid any reliance upon quote-unquote common sense because that's very subjective and different from every single person. Now here comes to the next step of proper research. You need to research all sides of the argument. You cannot simply research one side. Now this kind of goes along with confirmation bias, but this is a step further. Instead of just taking one source on the subject that says 2 plus 2 equals 4, look into why someone else thinks 2 plus 2 is 5. Now you might know on the onset that that is incorrect because 2 plus 2 is obviously 4. However, if you look into 2 plus 2 equals 5 and you see the research they're doing and you can use contextual analysis on that source material, which was a prior step in this, you will debunk that source. Okay, but you can't just do that on the onset. Obviously, something as simple as 2 plus 2 you can. This is just an arbitrary example. So, for instance, when I did the episode on cloth masks, I not only looked into research that confirmed what I thought, I also looked into the research that showed that masks worked. I found which studies they used and where, how it was conducted. I even watched the video of them conducting the experiment. Because I actually took the effort and researched all sides of the situation, I was able to devalue certain aspects of the research based on the contextual analysis of the source material. That's what you have to do. Now, there is a, an additional step on top of that, okay? It's not just all about researching everything under the sun. It's not about taking 16 hours in order to figure out 2 plus 2, okay? Th these are just simple examples so you understand what I'm saying. The next step is you need to test your ideas. So you get to a final conclusion, okay? Two plus two is four. Now you need to put that down on paper and actually work out the problem. Instead of just assuming that what you researched was correct, you have to put it into practical application and to see if you get back the same results. This is why the scientific method is so important when it comes to theories, okay? Because you've got a theory and it gets tested over and over and over and over again in similar conditions and similar environments, which the more it's done, the more it proves it. You can't simply just come up with an idea. It sounds great on paper, but in practical application, it does not work. Perfect example would be communism and socialism. Has failed every single place that it has tried. We can get into the specifics of the different versions of it and where it's been tried and how and this, that, and the other, but that's a, that's a subject for a different day. The point is, is to test your final verdict in a practical application to see if it's not just good on paper, quote unquote. Now here's the last part, and the part that not many people do at all. Not many people do most of any of these things, to be honest with you, but a lot of people completely skip this part, even in the academia world. They don't cast doubt on their own research. Personally, 
Every time I look into something, every time I have an idea of something, I bounce the idea off friends and family. Even if they agree with me or disagree with me, based on their facial reactions, based on the tone, based on the wording they use, and how they respond to me, I can understand which parts of my argument are weak, which parts of my argument are strong, which parts don't make sense. And then I can go to work on myself. I turn myself into the enemy and then I try to find research that proves me wrong. And if I can prove myself wrong, then I have to start from square one. But this is a step no one ever goes to because they don't want to be wrong. I don't mind being wrong. We're all wrong all the fucking time. Nobody has the absolute truth. The absolute truth is if you take the sum of everybody's perspectives in the whole world and you find the mean of those perspectives, that's the absolute truth. Since we don't have a computer or a brain big enough to do that, this is the research method. This is what you must do. So in conclusion, in order to properly do research, you need to understand bias. You need to understand perspective. You need to realize that common sense is not common. Understand confirmation bias. Also understand the contextual analysis of the source material. Test your ideas. Research all sides and cast doubt on your own research to come up with possible alternatives. Now at the end of all of that, you will have research that has been properly conducted. So yeah, there you go. If you uh, want to tell me I'm wrong, please do all that first before you hit me up. Because I take the time to do my research appropriately. And if you're just going to use a Google search... Don't waste my time. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to hear me rant about anything and everything I can possibly think of. Please do all things social that lets people know that I and this podcast both exist. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or just want to reach out for any reason, do so at my email at jason.r.nielsen at icloud.com. Nielsen is spelled N-I-E-L-S-E-N. Once again, that's jason.r.nielsen at icloud.com. I look forward to hearing from you soon. That's all I have for now. I'll talk to you all next Monday.